Let's turn our Bibles back tonight to the book of 1 Timothy. We'll be in 1 Timothy chapter 4 this evening, 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 4. And it's been a wonderful day in the Lord's house, service this morning, uh, many guests, and then the service tonight. And uh, I am just excited about the opportunities before us as a church, and I trust that you are as well, and we look forward to the days ahead. Um, there, we have a great opportunity uh, before us as a church, and I trust that we'll be ready to take advantage of it. And uh, we live in a day when churches are retreating, and uh, there's a lot of reasons why they are, but that's not whatever what God intended, and uh, it's the time to advance, and, uh, and God has equipped us to do so in His Word, and so I look forward to those things, uh, talking about them more in the weeks ahead. But tonight I want you to listen very uh, closely to me. I want you to uh, give me uh, your attention and uh, let me help all of us this evening. I believe that I'll use the text tonight to uh, deal with something that hinders uh, the people of God. And uh, that would include you and I. Um, it's a great hindrance to us, and I believe it will help us tonight if you'll listen to me. Uh, a pastor carries a lot of burdens. A pastor carries the burden of the lost people in the city, in the community. pastor Barry, uh, carries the burdens of uh, his own burdens. pastor carries the burdens of his people. And a uh, pastor carries the burdens of individuals in wanting them to reach their full potential for the Lord wanting them to serve God with their life, not waste their life. And uh, tonight I, wanna, I, want, I want you to give me your, your attention, give me your ear, and I trust that the Word of God will be a help to us tonight. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, we'll begin reading verse number 12. Of course, if you were in the service this morning, I'll remind you who the author of this letter is and who the recipient is. Of course, it was from Paul to Timothy, and uh, much of our instruction as a church is found in these pastoral epistles. Uh, so we know that Paul is writing to Timothy and giving this instruction. Look with me beginning at verse number 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. There's much we're going to look at in this passage of Scripture, but I want you to notice how verse 12 begins. Let no man despise thy youth. I'll talk more about that after we pray, but... Paul is addressing that specifically uh, because it applied specifically to Timothy. Well, let me put in other words what I believe Paul is saying to Timothy in a summary in that phrase, let no man despise thy youth. Don't allow your circumstances to be an excuse. Don't allow your age to be an excuse of why you don't serve God. Let no man despise thy youth. So tonight I want to preach on this subject, no excuses. No excuses. We live in a world that makes excuses. Our churches are full of Christians who make excuses. I would serve God, but if my situation was different, I... Uh, we need to 
listen and hear the word of God tonight and make no excuses in our life. Father, I pray that you'll use the word of God. Help us tonight to do your will. Uh, bless your people, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Often this passage of Scripture is used to preach to uh, young people, and that certainly is appropriate. Timothy is a great example of uh, two younger individuals in serving the Lord. Often let no man despise thy youth uh, is used in the context of while you're young, uh, don't do things where you'll look back on your youth. Sometimes it's used in that context. I don't think that's, that's necessarily wrong. That's certainly true and would apply in this situation. But I believe how Paul was addressing Timothy was that you're a young man. Uh, don't let any man despise thy youth. Conduct yourself in a certain way because of your, because of your age. Conduct yourself a certain way in spite of the fact that you're young. Now, bear in mind, Paul, the seasoned man of God, Paul who's lived more life than Timothy, Paul who bears in his body the marks of a wicked life before his conversion, but yet the marks of serving God and the price that is paid to serving God. Paul had seen just about everything a man could see. Paul was a greatly educated man. Paul was a brilliant man as far as his abilities went. Paul was a surrendered man of God and greatly used of God. We know this. You have a man who is seasoned, writing to a man, his son in the faith, as we saw this morning, a man who is just getting started in the ministry. Someone who had a different upbringing than Paul had. Paul, uh, he aged as a young man at the feet of the philosophers of his day, in the halls of the educator, in the, in the, in the halls of religion. He was an educated man. He was a man who, 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 who could speak languages. He, Timothy grew up much different. Timothy grew up in an atmosphere of nurturing by a godly mother and a godly grandmother. He grew up in... That as a, as a young man saved, Paul was saved in a completely different way. So the man who was seasoned is addressing the man who needs seasoning, who hasn't lived as much life, and he mentions to him, let no man despise thy youth. In other words, in spite of your youth. There's a letter he's writing to him, giving him instruction. But he didn't want... Timothy to use an excuse of his age. I wonder if he addressed this because maybe in the mind of Timothy it was like, well, I'm not, I haven't seen what Paul's seen. So therefore, I'm not able to do that which I feel God wants me to do. I, I, I'm not as seasoned or I don't have the experience as others do, so perhaps I should not be the pastor of this New Testament church. Or perhaps it was I don't have the education that Paul had, so I really don't think I'm the man to take this instruction. And, wow, what an opportunity to be mentored by the Apostle Paul, but I'm too young for this. Or I haven't seen what everybody else has seen. And Paul's equipped for this. I mean, Paul's equipped for everything that he, he's done because of what God saved him from. I didn't grow up that way. I was reared differently. I've seen different things, and 
my age would keep me from being, and Paul is saying, how you conduct yourself, your age is not an excuse. How you live your life, you cannot use your age as an excuse. Your area of, or your level of surrender, in your level of surrender, you cannot use your age as an excuse. And I'm afraid we live in a day where Christians will use not just their age, but they'll use anything as an excuse. Often we use our circumstances as an excuse of why we don't do what we know we should do. Or why we cannot do what it is we feel God has called us to do. Or we can't do what the opportunity before us. I I know, Pastor, what you're saying, but you don't understand uh, the things that that I've done, where I've been. And I praise God, God's forgiven all of that. And I praise God that that, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm serving Him. I'm where I'm supposed to be. But I just don't think that it just doesn't make sense to me that God would give me those opportunities. Quit making excuses to not do what it is that you know you ought to do. Timothy could have used his youth as an excuse. Paul said, let no man despise thy youth. Uh, God gives different people different opportunities at different stages of their life. Quite frankly, many of them I can't figure out. But God has a plan. And God knows. And there are many of you, God has brought an area of service to you, and you think you're the last person that should be doing it. But if it's something God brought to you, don't use your excuses of why you can't do it. Not only do we use our circumstances as an excuse, we're looking for them. We're looking for circumstances. We're looking for excuses of why we can't. Because what Paul is instructing Timothy was going to take full surrender on the part of Timothy. It was going to take sacrifice on the part of Timothy. Timothy was very aware of what Paul had endured for the sake of the ministry. He was very aware of the imprisonments, the beatings, the, 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 the horrible things that were done to him and said about him. He was aware of that, and here he is. If I'm going to stand for the gospel and preach the gospel and, and reach this standard, I'm too, I mean, I'm a young man. And Paul writes to him and says, Let no man despise thy youth. In other words, don't use your youth as an excuse. So he follows with that statement, let no man despise thy youth, and he gives some instruction of what he is to do. Now tonight, I want us to be honest with ourselves. All of us can find an excuse. All of us, if we're not careful, will talk ourselves out of opportunities that God gives us to do things for him. Young people, it it frustrates me. Not in a, in a bad way, just part of my frustration is you see young people in, and you get a sense through prayer and you get a sense of watching their life and of what God wants to do with their life and what God could do with their life. And the last person to understand it is that individual. Last person said, Pastor, do you think I can? Absolutely, I believe you can. Well, I just don't think because of this or that. Hey, listen to me tonight. Let's, let's, let's lay the excuses down. Let's quit giving excuses 
As a church, we're not giving excuses of why we're not pressing forward. We're not giving excuses of why we're not going to do the will of God. We're not giving excuses of why we're not going to continue to affect eternity. We're not giving those excuses because of A, B, or C. We're going to do what God has instructed us to do. And each and every one of us has the same responsibility. Let's look at the instruction that Paul gives in light of don't allow your youth to be an excuse. And before I get to the outline tonight, don't allow your past to be an excuse. In some cases, don't allow your youth to be an excuse. Don't allow your age, your seasoned age, to be an excuse. Don't allow hardship that's come to your life to be an excuse. Pastor, don't you know the trial I've had? Well, I'm sympathetic towards that because we all have trials, and I do, I am concerned about that, but that cannot be an excuse for us not serving God. Pastor, don't you understand what, what's going on? Let's not, let's, let's not use our, our trial as an excuse. Let's not use our burden as an excuse. Uh, let's, let's look at Paul, the instruction Paul gives to Timothy so that we can lay our excuses down. Number one, notice the same verse, verse 12, but be thou an example. Let no man despise thy youth, but this is what you're going to do instead. Number one is be an example. Be an example of the believers. Now think about this. Here, here is the young man, Timothy. And if people were back then like they are today, and they very much were, then there were some in that realm in that day that looked at Timothy and said the only reason he's getting these opportunities is because Paul, he's Paul's pet. He's Paul's favorite. I'm certain if that was the case, Timothy would be aware of that. And he said, he just says, quit focusing on your youth and focus on being an example. Listen to me tonight. Quit focusing on your past as a reason why you can't do what God wants you to do and be an example of someone who God has brought out of something? Quit, quit, be, quit be letting your, your, your youth, your inexperience, I've only been saved for so long, or, or Pastor, don't you think somebody else should do that? Well, maybe God doesn't intend for somebody else to do what He wants you to do. Quit using everything you use as an excuse and just make up your mind and say, I'm going to be an example. Paul said, don't let your youth be an excuse Focus on being an example. Look in the areas that he said be an example. As a young man, he was to be an example of the believers in word. He was to know the word of God, his manner in conversation. Not just in conversation of words back and forth, but in his manner of living. You know, anybody can know this book that wants to know this book. You just got to have a desire. How many of you are saved tonight on your way to heaven? Then the Spirit of God dwells within you. The Spirit of God, which wrote this book, the Spirit of God, as you read it, will give you understanding and instruction. Anyone who wants to know this book can. You don't have to have grown up in a Christian home to know the Word of God. Just decide you want to know the Word of God. You don't have to have a flawless and perfect past to know the Word of God. Just have a desire to know the Word of God. 
Be, well, we have all these reasons of why we can't serve God, of why we can't do, I can't do what pastor thinks I ought to do. I can't do what my parents think I ought to do. I can't do what everybody puts all this pressure in, on me of expectations. And, I, and somewhat, I just want to look at them and say, Pastor, you don't understand all these expectations. I just want to look at them and say, do you understand who you're talking to? Quit using them as an excuse. And focus on being an example. Being an example in word, an example in conversation, in charity. You know, anybody can show Christian love, the love of God. You know, anybody can be unselfish. Anybody can in honor prefer one another. He says, be an example in these areas. Be an example in spirit, in faith, in purity. We need to quit arguing with God about whether or not God knows. God, I, you do know. Yeah, God knows. And let's quit making an excuse and be an example. You know, if we all changed our mindset and said, you know, I'm just going to be an example. Well, Pastor, if I had your testimony growing up in a Christian home, in a pastor's home, and, and saved when you were young, and called to preach when you were young, and, yeah, you, I mean, you better do what God wants you to do or he'll kill you. But, but you do realize that whether you have my testimony or your testimony, God still has a plan for you, and he expects you to be everything you're supposed to be for God. I had one person tell me one time, and they're, <clears throat> they're not here anymore, but they tell me, well, well, you just don't understand in the real world. And what, what was being said to me was, all you've been, you've just been, and in, in, in you've been, You've grown up in a Christian home. You've always been in church. You've always been, and now you're in the ministry. You haven't experienced the real world. I don't have the testimony that some of you have. I cannot be the example of someone who was saved out of this world at an older age, who was saved out of a gutter, cleaned up. I can't be the example there, but some of you in here can be. Quit using an excuse that if I had somebody else's testimony or somebody else's upbringing, now won't you be the example of what God can do by His grace in the life of somebody who's saved out of the sin of this world, cleaned up, and put on the path to serve God? You can be an example to others out there who are like, man, I just got saved, and I just don't know if God can use me. If, 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 if anybody knew my testimony, and you could be an example to them to have your same story as you. I can't be the example in that area. I can be an example of what a, how a preacher's kid's supposed to honor. I can be an example of growing up in Bible teaching, of staying true to this book. I can be that example, but I can't be the example that some of you can be because we have different stories. So let's put the excuse down. And let's be an example of what in these areas that Paul instructed Timothy. Number two, we find, notice the words, give attendance in verse 13, till I come, give attendance. So that's the second thing I would say. Instead of giving excuses, let's give attendance. And then Paul says, here's some things to give attendance to. In other words, here's some things to give, pay attention to. Here's some areas, and this is a word that I wrote next to this verse in my Bible, and this will bring this into light. 
growth. Paul says, okay, don't use your, follow me now, don't use your age as an excuse. Be an example of a young man and what a young man should be in these areas. Then Paul gives Timothy areas, something to think about where he can grow. All of us need to grow. Sometimes I want to, when dealing with Christians, they say, well, Pastor, I just can't do that. And I will say, well, you're going to have to grow to do it. I knew from, at a young age, I was saved, you know my testimony, young age, I was called to preach when I was six. <clears throat> I grew up in church. I grew up in this ministry. I, 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 I served on staff years before I became the pastor. I, this, is, this is where I've been. But I've had to grow to be where I am today. And if I, God is going to use me to lead our church in the future, I've got to continue to grow. This next month, I turn 47 years of age. I don't have the experience of somebody who's 67. I only have the experience I have. So what am I to do? Grow so that I can do more for God. If you've been saved a year and a half, you know what you need to do? Grow. So you can do more for God. If you're 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and you're 20s and you're like, well, I just don't think I can. Let me help you. I'm going to tell you what Paul told Timothy. It's going to give you an opportunity to grow. Not only do we give excuses, we're satisfied with the excuses we give. Well, I can't do it because I, if Timothy had the attitude, a lot of Christians have today who grow up in our kind of churches, this is what Timothy would tell Paul. Well, Paul, I'm young, and because of that, I can't do what it is that's being asked of me, and I'm satisfied with doing nothing to change that. So therefore, I'm going to go find something else to do. And I'm convinced, and I don't know in every situation, but I'm convinced that there's good young people who you're, you're not pursuing what God has for you to do because of exactly what I'm preaching tonight. You see yourselves at 18, 19, and 20, and you know there is a call on your life. You know there's a direction God wants you to go in, and you know you're not able to do it. That's why you have to grow and able to do it. The same is true. You want to serve in the Sunday school ministry. You want to serve in an area of ministry. And it's like, as the pastor, it's like, okay, you, have to, you need to do this and this and this to serve in this area. Well, I, I'm not ready to do that. That's why you do it. So you can grow. Notice what he says to give attention to. To read. Oh, this is, can you believe this is in the Bible? To reading. To exhortation, to doctrine. Paul is Paul was a, as I've already mentioned, was a learned man. Paul was a very educated man. And he is giving Timothy some instruction on how to grow. And just as reading and exhortation and doctrine was going to make and cause Timothy to grow. Can I tell you what will allow you and I to grow? The same thing. Now, when he said reading, I don't think he was talking about the secular, some of the secular garbage that Christians read today. 
I don't think because he puts the word doctrine in there, I don't think he was talking about Joel Osteen, Rick Warren, Lays Beth Moore, or any of them. I don't think he was talking about them. He said, to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. That exhortation, that encouragement, that, that prodding, if you will. You know, preaching exhorts. Give attention. You know how you're going to grow? Hearing preaching. Now, on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, I do the preaching to you. Because you need it. More than I need it. No. I still get a heavy diet of preaching. It's, you know who my wife is? I get a heavy diet. I make a point to listen to preaching. Because it exhorts me. It causes me to grow as a person, a Christian, and as a preacher. So in reading, in learning, in exhortation to doctrine, we live in a day-to-day where there's this idea that it doesn't matter what you believe, it absolutely matters what you believe. And this is Emmanuel Baptist Church, it means we believe Baptist doctrine. And I personally believe Baptist doctrine is Bible doctrine. Catholic doctrine is not Bible doctrine. Methodist doctrine is not Bible doctrine. Church of God doctrine is not Bible doctrine. Non-denominational is not Bible doctrine. As a Baptist, I believe it's Bible doctrine. So therefore, if I lay aside that Baptist doctrine, I'm laying aside Bible doctrine. And we have to give attention, and there are, there are Christians who do not reach their full potential for God because they don't give attention to the areas that cause them to grow. You know why some of you, and as we are able to expand our Sunday school ministry back out, you know why some of you need to teach a Sunday school class? So that you've got to study for the lesson. And in studying for the lesson, you'll grow. You know why some of you are going to, you need to take a bus route? Because you can't just wake up on Sunday morning and, well, if you build it, they'll come. If we roll that bus out there, they'll come. Oh, no, because you're going to have to grow in order to reach people. Take a, a position of responsibility. You have to grow in order to do it. He says give attention to growth, to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Then he says, number three, don't give an excuse. You see verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee. The next, next one I'll give you, number three, is neglect not. Paul is very careful in his instruction. Don't use an excuse. Be an example. You know everyone in here can be an example. Just don't, After you're an example, let me tell you what to give attention to. And these areas will help you grow. After you are getting attention to growth, and you, it's exciting to grow as a Christian. It's exciting to see your ability expand to do things for God. But he says, while you're growing, don't forget or neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on the hands. What is he saying? He's saying, 
Don't forget why God created you. It's, it's that which is within thee. It wasn't some mystical thing he received. It was what God created him for. Don't forget. Can I tell you something from a young man? I always knew in here what God wanted me to do. I didn't know to what degree or to where or to what, but I knew. It's, he said, remember what it is that God has for you. Remember your purpose. And often as we grow as a Christians, and we all have different areas that we serve in, and, and you serve in this ministry, and you have opportunities to serve, it's an opportunity that you have. It's a place that you grow. Don't forget what you can do for God. They just, they just use an example I use all the time, the music that we enjoy, the music that prepares the hearts of, of, of everyone for the preaching of the Word of God. Boy, what, a, what, a, what an honor to be able to have a part in setting the stage for the preaching of the Word of God. What an honor to have something. And, and for some, it ought, you ought to take the response, it's just as much my purpose to apply myself to participate in that ministry as it is for the pastor to get up and preach. Because God did not create me to stand behind that pulpit and preach, but He sure did give me the opportunity. He created me to be a participant in getting things ready for the pastor to preach, getting things ready for the Word of God. And just as important as you want your pastor to take what God has created him to do, I think you ought to take the same responsibility, whether you're holding the door as an usher, working in the nursery as a nursery worker, singing in the choir, playing the piano, singing a song, whatever it is, you can do that for God. Let's not use an excuse, but don't forget what it is that God has given you to do. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. I wish I could, as your pastor, some of you just shake you and say, oh, if you had any idea what God would use you to do. Oh, I wish you could get a sense of how important you are, not just to God, but to the work of God. And I find in my eight years as pastor, most of my exhortation one-on-one is just encouraging you can do something for God. Get a vision of doing something for God. Don't quit doing what you're doing for God. It's, it's important. It's making a difference. And then number four, look at me at verse number 16. He says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. He says, number one, be an example. Number two, give attention. Number three, neglect not. Number four, take heed. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. What he's saying is you better worry about you. You're responsible for you. There is the the implication you're not responsible for someone else, but you better make sure that you're taking care of you. We have this idea that we're not going to give an account of what we do with the opportunities we have, and each and every one of us will. There are times, and there's examples that come to my mind now, where God sends an opportunity for someone, that opportunity is presented to them, and they, they don't take that opportunity, and they never will do for God what they could have done for God. 
And, I, and I'll take the opportunity to, to, to be more personal with this. There are times that I'm praying for God to provide a need in the church or to fill a position in the church or a position of service, and God will place on my heart one of you. There have been times I've approached and said, Pastor, no, I just don't think that's for me. And I'll walk away, not every time, but I'll walk away feeling well, they just passed up a great opportunity. And who's to say if God's going to circle back around? Now, he uses us, and he, we can serve him in many capacities. But it's that thing that God has created us to do, and it's take heed unto thyself and making your life count unto thyself, unto the doctrine. Notice that next word, continue in them. What is Paul saying? Take heed to continue. Finish. We've studied the life of Paul enough to know how important it was for Paul to finish. He's admonishing Timothy, take heed unto thyself and thy doctrine. Continue in them. Well, I would give the same admonition to all of us tonight to set our excuses aside. Let's be an example. Let's give attention. Let's neglect not and let's take heed. Let's make up our mind that we're going to finish for God. Finish for Him. It's important for each of us to take to heart what is being said tonight. There's many of you, you, you let's be, be honest, you, you're using excuses of why you don't do for God what you know you ought to do for God. It doesn't mean you don't love God. It doesn't mean that deep down in there there's really not a desire to do it. Or you wouldn't be hearing what I'm saying tonight. But you've allowed yourself to be convinced that your excuse is a valid excuse. Kind of like if Timothy had said, well, Paul, I'm just too young. Paul, I don't have the experience you have. We can't offer those excuses because if God presents opportunities to us and God puts something inside of us and created us to do a certain thing, then we have a responsibility to do it. But I, I conclude with this. Notice verse 16. Continue in them. You see that? For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Paul said, let the weight of those words settle in. For thou shalt save thyself. In other words, if you use your youth as an excuse, it's not going to end well for you, Timothy. And I think we as Christians need to get back to the reality of it is a big deal when we don't serve God in the full capacity that we can serve Him. It is a big deal if we do not surrender completely to Him. He said, it, it continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt save thyself. 
As I preached this morning, there's, Paul spoke about the gifts from God, the gift of grace and mercy and peace that only God can give. And it's in the, the service of the king, it's in using our life to serve God, that we have those blessings of God. That ought to weigh on us, that I need to continue in this, I need to do these things, I need to grow as a Christian. All of us should be growing as a Christian. All of us should be concentrating on being an example. You teenagers and young adults have an example to these children who look up to you. Don't dare set a bad example. You young couples have others who look to you as an example. And we go on and on and on and up. We can go. Everybody has somebody who looks to them. Be an example. Focus on growing as a Christian. I know it's 2021 and the world's coming to an end, but be an example and grow as a Christian. Don't forget what God has given you the opportunity to do. Take heed of thyself. Let the weight, for in doing this, you'll save yourself. If that's not a heavy enough weight on us, Paul continues, Thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Paul is reminding Timothy that if he uses this as an excuse, there's others who God will use him to save that will not be saved. His bad example will be to the detriment of other people. Christians are so selfish today. This is what I want to do. It's not your life, it's God's. But the tragic thing is that you're setting an example that somebody's going to follow, and just as you lead the things of God, they'll lead the things of God too. How many through the years and the, and the centuries and the decades of Christians and this is the same old thing. The devil uses the same old thing. They leave the things of God. We can go all the way back to Lot and how his own family went to hell because they knew not God. They faced the destruction of God. And if he had just done what he was supposed to do, that wouldn't have happened. Wait, I hope the heaviness of this falls on us as a church. We have a responsibility to be an example. As Christians, we have a responsibility to not use excuses because there's somebody else who God intends for us to make a difference in their life. God intends for us to be the one who, in that moment of need, helps meet that need. And whether it's giving them the gospel or encouraging them as Paul did Timothy Boy, it, it ought to break our heart to think that our actions might cause somebody else to turn their back on God. Boy, what a heavy weight to think that we're a stumbling block. I mean, think about this for a moment. Somebody might die and go to hell. 
because I chased the American dream instead of the call of God? Let me rephrase that. Somebody will die and go to hell and burn in real flames for an eternity because Christians put their priorities where they should have never been. And we use excuses of why we don't do what God has commanded us to do. Pastor, I know you want to build some buildings, and I know you want to move forward, but don't you know it's 2021? Don't you know who the president is? Thanks for reminding me of what year it is and who's the president. Let me remind us who God is. Let's be reminded of what this book says. And there's too many excuses by God's people. Tonight, I, I want to remind us, all of us can find an excuse. Some of them are pretty good. But God wants us to rise above our circumstances to serve Him. And He will equip us, and He will, he will enable us. But we might have to grow in order to do it. Let's let the Lord speak to us tonight. Father, I pray you'll use the...